Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. Continuing along the lines of the last podcast where we talked about hard-headed and soft-hearted, lessons from the boardroom to the break room, and the issue we tackled was compete and complete. The broader narrative of this particular series comes from the book Hard-Headed, Soft-Hearted, which I had the honor and the distinct privilege of co-authoring with Rick Beluso, the former president of Microsoft. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the first podcast to get a little bit of information about Rick and his background. The book itself is dedicated to both of our fathers. He dedicated it to Joseph Beluso, his father, and Mr. Beluso's story is told in the first podcast. Today, I will talk a little bit about the dedication that I made to this book to my father, Dr. N.S. Dunham, a man who now is 88 years old, living in India, and hopefully very soon to be reunited with me in the United States. But Dr. Dunham went back at the age of 75 to get his degree in um, philosophy at the master's level and then petitioned the university to qualify for a seat on the PhD program, which he successfully did. Two and a half years later, he defended his thesis and at the age of 83 was successful in being awarded the PhD in philosophy by the Andhra University Department of Philosophy. So my dad is my hero in many different ways, uh, more importantly than others. He is a rags to riches story of some kind, has been self-made in a lot of attributes by actually going up against the grain. And this is where I want to introduce the principle that we're going to talk about today, where IQ meets EQ. Now, to just give you a little recap, there are 20 principles articulated in the book. Rick wrote 10 from the top down. I wrote 10 from the bottom up. The original title, Hard-Headed and Soft-Hearted, came from Dave Packard, who said, in order to succeed in life, you have to be hard-headed. Results rule. You have to be soft-hearted. People matter. So Rick, who had run $3 billion companies, wrote about the hard-headed principles, about how he was able to have a philosophical impact on both the shareholders and the stakeholders. And I came up from the people side of quality, which was my upbringing. So let's revisit this principle where IQ meets EQ, and then we'll deliberate a few attributes therein. The first component is we must balance being grounded in a realistic perspective of the facts and treating people with respect while working to find a win-win solution. The picture I want to paint for you here on IQ and EQ, of course, I'm a big advocate of SQ, but that's not for this deliberation. So let's just look at the two quotients, intelligence quotient and emotion quotient, the emotional quotient. Your intelligence quotient is what actually augments the skill in your life. Your emotional quotient is what perfects the will in your life. 
And when Skill and Will come together for the very first time on God's green earth, you will have unleashed and equipped that 24-hour champion. So I want you to picture two parallel lines. Let's just look at a railway track. Those lines do run parallel and they crisscross countries and transport people for many thousands of miles. If you were in your neighborhood in some dilapidated old tracks at an old railway junction playing, you would play the balance game. I know we all did, and any time you find a track, it's almost the curiosity of child and childhood that forces us to stand and try to put one foot gingerly in front of the other with our arms outstretched like a trapeze artist uh, or a high-wire balancing act. We try to do that all-important walk of a couple of steps. And the games we play as children are very simple. It is decided by who can go the furthest without actually tipping over. Some people have more dexterity, some people have a lower center of gravity, and if you look at the science behind the enchantment of that, kids' games evolve into a competition, and some do better than others. But years later, I heard my mentor, Mr. Ziegler, give an illustration saying that if you have another friend on the other track, uh, as someone who wants you to succeed as well, and that person then stands on the other track and they outstretch their hands. Now you've expanded the base of uh, that center, you've expanded that base of balance. And so two people on two parallel tracks, just linking arms, can go a distance that is much further than one person on one track. When I share this principle, a light bulb goes off because people begin to immediately realize that man is not an island. We cannot do any of this alone. So even our thoughts and our actions have to counter. Our will and our imagination always have to work in tandem. Our skill and our will always have to come in a way that allows us to walk a mile that is a little longer than just either one of those attributes by themselves. So what are some questions you can ask yourself to see whether IQ and EQ are actually meeting you in equal proportion to allow you to be both hard-headed, results rule, and soft-hearted, someone where people matter. The questions to ask ourselves. Do you maintain the right balance between the short-term and the long-term? This seems innocuous enough, and most people, when they are posited with that question, will immediately answer, yes, of course I do. I do maintain a balance between what I'm expected to do and where I expect to come. But the question of that IQ and EQ, that question of the parallel line, even though you're looking at the long term, part of the long term has to be invested in the short term so that you can get to the long term in a balanced way. Let me unpack that for you maybe a little more so clarity is thrown on the situation. Let's say the long term goal is to write a book and you give yourself a year or two or three. Now, don't fall for these people who come online and say, I'll teach you how to write a book over a week and make it a bestseller on Monday. If that was the case, where would the classics have gone? Who would ever read Fyodor Dostoevsky's uh, Brothers Kazimorov? Who would read any of the illustrations of Uncle Tom's Cabin? Who would read any of those things that changed history, that threw light on race relations? Who would read the collective works of G.K. Chesterton and orthodoxy and all of those things? Malcolm Muggeridge's Chronicles of Wasted Years. I mean, it's fascinating to think that we can write a bestseller over a weekend, and right now we are in that speed, ease, and convenience. Take three steps on a single rail and you'll get there. But let your IQ meet your EQ for a second and ask yourself, if your long-range goal is to write a book, your short-range goal should be to write a paragraph. 
Now, the paragraph written in uh, complete uh, anonymity to itself may not have any bearing, but revisited over a period of time where both your will and your skill massage that paragraph for digital and publishing posterity, and you produce it in a way that actually increases your own vocal ability, but also when you look at it on paper, you're convinced. In sales, we have an old adage that when you look at something you put out and you're convinced you would buy from you, you are now ready to offer it to someone else. So when you look at your long-term goals as to where you want to arrive, your IQ and your EQ, your will and your skill have to always muster up so that you would have that parallel line exp uh, experience, that parallel railway track experience. So when you answer the question, do you maintain the right balance between the short term and the long term, don't answer yes because, yeah, I know where I want to go and I know how to get there. That's expediency. But make sure you're looking at your long-range goal and asking, are you bringing from the future, the end of those parallel lines that never meet, something into the present that will allow you to arrive into that future? Are you bringing some part of where you want to be into the present so your goals, your dreams, your values, your aspirations, your hopes, your ambitions, your desires are all meeting muster. In Goal Setting 101, we oft say that, you know, you have to ask yourself some basic questions before you set a goal. Is it really my goal? Is it morally right and fair to everyone, others uh, involved in it? Can I see myself committing to this goal? Can I see myself reaching this goal? Uh, is it consistent with my other goals? And unless you get a yes to every one of those answers, you're not even qualified to begin the first step to get on that track. So the first question, when you ask yourself if you maintain the right balance between the short term and the long term, do some investigative reporting on yourself and ask yourself, are you bringing part of where you want to be into the presence and using part of that presence so that you can get to where you want to be? I hope that made sense. If hard-headed and soft-hearted represented a continuum, are you operating in the optimum position? Which means, are you every day doing equal measure on results rule and equal dosage on people matter? Which, again, dissected even further, are you deliberately doing something every day that attaches itself to pure discipline? Waking up at a specific time, reading a certain number of paragraphs, making sure that you're investing in both that which is worldly, that which is godly, reading something that is good, clean, pure, powerful, and positive, or in my case, reading something every day of humor value so that my body and the endorphins within it are, are, are actually giving me that internal high. Is hard, if hard-headed and soft-hearted represented a continuum, are you operating in the optimum position? Are you every day doing something for someone else that they could have done for themselves? This is success in the self-image 101. Are you, have you joined the smile, compliment, and handshake club, Mr. Ziegler used to say? When you look in the mirror, do you see the shirt that is creased, the trousers that are spiffed, uh, the shoes that are polished, and, uh, and an appearance that says to yourself, you care about the image you're presenting to others. This is the people side of quality. So often when I walk around, I see people walking around in so many degrees of shamelessness. This afternoon, barring bad weather, I'm going to try to exit and head on to the next jaunt. And when I get to the airport, I will see human display in complete disregard for people who, who never probably looked in the mirror in the morning and said, you know what, this is the right image to portray out there. 
Most of it is self-aggrandizement. Most of it is me, myself, and I. They dress in 14 different ways of that are debauched, and, dis, and, and it's deceiving to self to actually think that when you walk around looking like a corrupted specimen of humanity, whatever plight you may be facing, that the very way you dress to draw attention to yourself is somehow going to bring some kind of a profound sense of solution to you. That's just absolute balderdash, as the old Englishman would say. If hard-headed and soft-hearted represented a continuum, are you operating in the optimum position? And third, how would you change your balance to becoming more effective? This goes back to the original concept of whether you want to be comfortable or whether you want to be effective. We have a large number of people operating in the comfort zone. And today when your back is against the wall, the systems have turned, the governments are being manipulated by the own people who run them, their policies and procedures that are being offered that are counterintuitive to common sense. You and I stand in absolute bewilderment wondering how we ever got to this point in a free society. I want to introduce you back to something we have introduced on these podcasts in times past, and that is George Orwell's seminal work, 1984, which he wrote in 1948. But he predicted three moods in there that may bring us to this point of whether we really do have balance, and if we don't, are we the cause of the imbalance? But the three moods Orwell predicted at that time that were so profound was there will come a time, and he wrote this in 1948, saying it would happen by 1984. Of course, we are 26 and 20, so we are 46 years removed from that, another biblical generation. But Orwell's moods were, war will be peace, ignorance will be strength, and freedom will be slavery. War will be peace, ignorance will be strength, and freedom will be slavery. We are at probably the greatest peacetime, but we are at war with ourselves, with many different parts of the world, ready to blow up into full-blown civil war just because people are trying to defend or expand their own boundaries and they are dealing with all kinds of confusion. The second, freedom will be slavery. We are freer than at any time in human history, but enslaved by the rigidity of thought that seems to be obsessed with erasing a past and provided restitution for something that happened, that most of the people who are living on earth now were either not the beneficiary, were either not directly attributed, or you could not attribute the bad behavior to them, maybe to their ancestors, and the people who are claiming the egregiousness probably have not had any suffering themselves. I was watching a late night comedian who I disagree with on many things, but he had a few things spot on. He was talking about how we have become woke in this world. And he talked about a, a city in the United States where shoplifting is now considered legal because policing is now becoming really hard because we are policers at capacity. Now, that's a byproduct of defund the police, but that I'm not a politician or I don't use these podcasts to try to get too many political views in, though I do have my views. But shoplifting is an issue now that they're actually debating. Whereas at one time, if I, and I remember stealing a comic book when I was a young kid, and my father made me go back and return the comic book, apologize to the owner, pay for that, and then ask the owner what else I could do. And uh, the owner said nothing. He just appreciated my honesty. I've had other kids where the owner, they stole multiple comic books, so they had to stay in front of the store and sweep the store or whatever. There was an immediate kind of behavior correction for anything, even though we did not understand that just shoplifting a comic book 
book that seemed exciting at the time because you did it on a dare would somehow lead you to be a broad kleptomaniac and then, you know, you would lead a life of crime. That's not what happens. But what they are saying today is people who actually walk out of the stores with 60 and 75 inch TVs on their shoulder and tongue in cheek, I say it's quite fascinating for me to watch someone rob a 75 inch TV while I'm looking at it on my 55 inch TV that I worked hard to buy. And I said, wait a minute, the guy on the news is saying the guy who's walking out the store with the 70 inch TV that I'm watching on my 55 inch TV actually gets a pass because of some kind of thing. So that's the absurdity I'm talking about. Ask yourself, are we in that time that Orwell predicted? Is ignorance actually strength now? Is freedom actually slavery now? And is war actually peace? So ask yourself, does IQ meet EQ? Does the intelligence quotient and the emotional quotient in your life walk on those parallel lines, allow you to hold hands with the thought of that which is willful and that which is skillful so you can go longer than you've ever dreamed possible and you can go further than you did before? Until next time, this is Krish Dunham. Good luck. God bless. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Krish Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.